But what would likely happen would be that they would whore out their name and they would get caught because they would be giving the stickers to places that just don't qualify. And it would become sort of like what happened to Guy Fieri's cooking career. Welcome back after quite a break to the Toronto Beer Podcast with me, Chris Schreier, and my very wonderful, hopefully well-rested co-host, Mandy Murphy. How you doing, Mandy? Hey, Chris. I'm uh, I'm very well-rested. Uh, how are you doing? I'm good. I, I got a couple of cool things to catch everyone up on. But before I do that, the reason why hopefully you're well-rested is because you have been away. I have, yeah. A rare little escape. We uh, took off to the weekend for a little extended weekend to Mont Tremblant. To, uh, to go skiing and I haven't actually done that in a couple of years so I was a little rusty but and I'm feeling a little sore now but it was a uh, it was a lot of fun and I'll, I'll tell you about it but we squeezed in some some Ottawa and Kingston brewery visits along the way so it was a really great trip I'm oh, just gonna nice. actually so open dr- open a beer from my trip right now nice one and you you drove out we did yeah it's actually a pretty quick drive to Toronto it's not bad I know hey can I guess yeah I'd love for you to guess go for it tooth and nail yeah how did you know what the hell? And I can't remember the name, but did you get the pills? Yeah, we did. That's not what I'm drinking right now, oh, but I had so some good. pills fresh from the fermenter. Are you jealous? Uh, yeah, <laughs> although I had it kegged like the day before, so pretty close. Oh, okay. How did you know we were there? Well, because you said you'd been to Ottawa. Oh, so of course we we went there. Yeah. Yeah? It's, it's good. It's really good. Uh, yeah, I had it and I think a pale ale. I went and did, uh, forever and listening. I did a video for Cyclops videos with Dana about their crowlers. Now, was that a crowler you just opened? No, it wasn't. Uh, I opened, just so you know what I'm drinking, I opened a stamina, which is their Belgian inspired session ale. That, uh, that and is it's actually a, what it's I brought home. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I brought home in my crowler. It was a stamina. Beautiful. Yeah, very good beer. Very good beer. Well, let me return the favor and uh, open mine up. Uh, do you want to guess? You have to do it the same way I did. Brewery and then beer. Is it by Amsterdam? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Is it a bone shaker? No. <laughs> no, it's not. It is. I'll give you a hint. Okay. There was a clue in what I asked you. Oh, it's their pills. Yeah, it's what the Stark it pills. Stark, that's right. And it is fantastic. I confess this is not the first one of this batch that I've had, so this isn't going to be new to me. But my golly, this is just a beautiful, beautiful Pils-style beer. No, 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 not a Pilsner, a Pils. Did you pick that up at the, the brewery, or did you grab it at your Loblaws? Oh, that's a good question. I don't, I haven't been to my Loblaws in a while. I don't know if they have it at Loblaws, but I got it at the brewery anyway. Um, I was around visiting Cody one evening and uh, they had some in and they also had homegrown uh, Saison in bottles. So I got some of those and I got a growler of Testify, which is just amazing. So it's quite, it was quite a haul. Maybe not as nice as doing a, you know, Quebec, Ottawa, Kingston Hall, but it, it was it was pretty good. You know what the funny thing is, uh, Chris, we 
we expected to actually visit a whole bunch of Quebec breweries and we ended up spending the entire duration of our brewery tour portion of our trip uh, in Ontario. So we checked out Stone City in Kingston. Um, in Ottawa, we hit up Big Rig and mm. Beyond the Pale and Tooth and Nail. And we didn't go to a single brewery in Quebec, nor did I drink any... Yeah, we didn't visit a single brewery in Quebec. And I was about to say, nor did I drink any Quebec beer, but that is false because we spent some time at the brew pub in Tremblant. So. What's the brew, pl- brew pub in Tremblant? It's called La Diable. And it's uh, fairly small, but it's there's not a lot of local beer to be had in the Intrawest Resort, like in Trumbla. We right. were staying like ski and ski right at the in the village. Yeah. And uh, so when it came to local beer, that was pretty well our only option. Hmm. Well, um, you went skiing. That's fantastic. I haven't. I, I snowboard, not ski, but I haven't been. Uh, anywhere big in a long while because the kids it's just difficult but ben starting snowboarding a bit he went a bit last year and i've taken him to some like tobogganing sized hills and ridden a little bit with him and it's fantastic so maybe next winter he'll be uh at a place we're getting a, a blue pass we'll uh see me going up to collingwood more often and who knows maybe maybe dropping in on some of our collingwood friends there are three good breweries up there now so could be good yeah it's a great little trip to take especially now with the breweries up there <sighs> tell me about it I would love to. Uh, I'm stoked and have been excited about stuff because at this very moment, I have a video on YouTube unlisted, so nobody can see it except people I've given the link to, but the next Sight Glass video going up featuring uh, Rudy from Community Beer Works talking about IPAs, and it is a good one, I gotta tell you. Just waiting for the all clear on their end to put that live. And I made a batch of beer last week. I homebrewed again. I haven't done that in a long time. And I don't know why, but I've just got a real, I got a real bug for it right now. So I'm already kind of planning out my next batch, which might be this Saturday. I just, oh, I'm feeling very beery recently. It's like, that's great to hear. What did you make, Chris? What'd you brew? Well, it's a funny story. I was going to do what I always do, which was I was going to make a batch of Saison using 3711. <laughs> You're so I predictable. Because I happen to like you- that. Were you listening to Jack Johnson and drinking a bone shaker while you brewed it? <laughs> I was drinking some bone shaker. We didn't have Jack Johnson on the box, though. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> no, only because we don't have we don't have anything set up to play music out there. So, uh, but it was the it was last was it Wednesday? I guess that was like so warm, and me and Josh were wearing t-shirts and very happy, and I smoked two cigars, and it was great. But uh, but no, what happened is I went to grab yeast at, um, well, I was going to get it at, at Brew North because, of course, that's our local homebrew shop. But uh, they were closed for the week for vacation. So I ended up going out to the new Toronto Brewing, which is quite nice. And so my intent was go buy some 3711 and a stir bar because I, I, we were working on a DIY stir plate. But when I got there, they didn't have any 3711. What am I going to do? So Yikes. I know. Is it even uh, worth brewing? Well, it transpires. The answer to that question is probably yes, <laughs> because I got some uh, White Labs 590, which is their French Saison yeast. But when yeast expires in the fridge at, uh, well, when it's coming up to close to expiry at, at Toronto Brewing, they do a price drop on it because obviously they want to move it. And when it's expired, they just give it away for free. 
and oh. there was a, a smack pack from Y East of their beer to guard that was expired. And as well, actually, a, uh, a Yeast Bay vial of uh, their Brussels Brett blend, and they were free. So I grabbed them both. So I grew up starters from the French Saison and the Beer de Garde, and because I do 10-gallon batches and always split into two five-gallon carboys anyway, when I split them, I pitched one on the Beer de Garde and one on the Saison, and they have been happily fermenting away since. And uh, it's interesting, the Beer de Garde is like not flocculating out it's like milky looking whereas the saison is not clear but it's certainly dropping um so i've been thinking about possibly experimenting a little bit with uh, a gelatin fining and uh see if i can clarify the beer to guard that way if it doesn't drop bright by the time the fermentation uh, on primary is done but that's some pretty high level uh, homebrew geekery but this is it like i'm, I'm all that's, jazzed that's pretty cool i love the idea of being able to taste the two side by side and really be able to see what the yeast how the yeast uh changes it yeah to some mm-hmm. extent i'm gonna have to keep a bottle or two of saison because i'd normally plow through the saison pretty quick um <laughs> whereas the beer to guard is going to need to age out a little bit it's apparently pretty notorious for being a bit funky uh right out of the out of the fermenter so but i will make an effort to do that but yeah i like doing that we've done that before we did that with the saison batch last year it's actually how i discovered 3711 mm. was we did a split batch of 3711 and white labs um farmhouse blend which i found out afterwards would have done better to have aged out for a couple of months because there is some breton there and it takes a while for that to work but uh the both the the farmhouse sales we got were nice but the french was fantastic so super cool the wp 590 is what we used in uh not from toronto brewing we i think i believe we we got it from a larger supplier but that's what we used in the anniversary number three season oh very cool mm-hmm. huh that's awesome all right uh let's move along now that we're caught up anything else you want to catch up on uh no we'll do it as we go all right so i was away we haven't spoken since i got back from florida Mm -mm, that's right about your florida beer adventures well i i'll cut it short because I, i have a topic i really want to address that will cover some of the florida stuff in it but in short fantastic if you ever travel anywhere in the states anywhere near a total wine i would highly recommend checking that place out that is where i got all of my beer it was fantastic prices were amazing i'm drinking like four week old uh dale's pale ale from oscar blues even fresher uh jai alive from uh cigar city oh oh it's amazing but but i had a bit of a uh bit of an epiphany and it really it was a confirmation of something that i'd I've been saying for a long time, but it really became apparent to me. And it was this. If you've been involved in the beer scene around Toronto or Ontario for more than probably, I would say, three years, and you'll still hear it today, but it was a really common uh, saw that you would hear, which was, oh, Ontario, we're always like two or three years behind the U.S., in our brewing and so you know when they started barrel aging we didn't start barrel aging until later and when sour beers took off in the u.s they didn't take off for a while with us and i mean similarly like sierra nevada pale ale came out i can't even remember when 
90 or 80 something like late 80 something and it took us a while to kind of crack into that new world style pale ale and so historically it, it was an accurate thing to say but i was becoming more and more skeptical as to the uh, veracity of it and while i did drink some some of the best really uh beers that that i could lay my hands on in the states and they were very 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 good it was just a confirmation to me not every brewer certainly in the united or in canada or in ontario is making that level world-class beer but some are we're we're there like we've we've caught up we're running in lockstep now and i will defend that point now to anybody who tries to tell me oh you know yeah we have a pretty cool beer scene but you know we're like two years behind the u.s no we're not we are making beers of equal quality without a doubt and Chris, I'm surprised to hear you even say like two years behind, because I remember always hearing that uh, and the comment would always be five to ten years behind the U.S. I think it depends how far back you go in history, but uh, and, and how far back the person regurgitating that statistic uh, was thinking. But guaranteed today we are right there now. The common argument is people will go, what about this brewery? What about that brewery? And it's like, well, fine. But for every brewery that you can do that with in Ontario, I bet I can do it with 10 in the United States because that's sort of the, the, <laughs> the scale that we work on. And so, yeah, not every brewery is making every beer as good as, you know, Dale's Pale Ale, right? Which is sublime. But... I would take a fresh Canuck right side by side with a fresh Dale's Pale Ale for sure. And and like people kind of uh, like frou-frou at Canuck because uh, uh, they can get it anywhere. Right. But it is just as solid an American style Pale Ale. Just as solid. Guaranteed. You just thoughts? made me think of an event idea, actually. Sorry, my... Creative thoughts are spinning as you as you say this. You know how you always do those events at Castro's? It'd be really cool to do some of those side-by-side -side comparisons blind um, of U.S. and Canadian beers that are comparable, um, but where there might be a preconceived notion that the, the U.S. counterpart is superior. Totally. And see if people could pick it out. I think that would be a super fun exercise to do, something I'd like to just like grab a bunch of beers and do uh, at home with friends. Like It would be very, very fun to try that, try that out and see if people could pick out where the superior beer came from. I, so I would love to, I think that'd be fantastic. I know doing it in the bar might present some tricky yeah, fair, fair, fair. <laughs> licensing issues, but certainly doing it in a, in a private residence. I think it'd be really cool uh, if, if it was done as like a triangle test. So two were identical and one was different. And so the first step is which one of these three is different. And so if they're really close beers, that's like a that's a litmus test to see how, you know, close the person can taste. And it's people who can actually taste the difference that you really want to worry about. And then you ask those people, OK, and which one would you say you preferred? Mm -hmm. And I'm willing to bet it would be even in the people who could identify the, the triangle. I bet they would still split it, that it would just come down to preference and that it wouldn't be. There would very rarely be a real quality issue where, oh, that beer is just better made. Uh, I, I bet we would stand right shoulder to shoulder. I didn't even introduce this really the right way. We got talking about Florida. 
I was supposed to talk about how I'd seen this article on The Thrillist about, uh, what's it titled here? Uh, 10 Untapped Beer Cities Poised to Blow Up. And this is written about North America. So Memphis, Tennessee, Durham, North Carolina, Bloomington, Indiana, Birmingham, Alabama, Appleton slash Green Bay, Wisconsin, Salt Lake City, Utah, Louisville slash slash Lexington, Kentucky, Boise, Idaho, Omaha, Nebraska, somewhere in middle America. Get right to the heart of the matter. It's the heart that matters most. And Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And while I know nothing about the brewing culture in any of those other cities, except obviously Salt Lake City always makes you go, really? All those Mormons? But I'm told. Uh, I can assure you. I mean, for goodness sake, the picture that they used in the article is a Bellwoods lineup that's got Jutsu, Farmageddon, Skeleton Key, Hellwoods, Wizard Wolf, Roman Candle, Witch Shark, and... Oh, Boogie Monster. Just having trouble picking out that label. Like, these are beers that all stand up just fine against most of the ones that people rant about in the States. And I mean, you're always going to have like Dark Lord and Hetty and these beers that are just like cult-like. But seriously, we are making beers in Ontario just as good as... A lot of the best beers out of the States, 100%. I don't disagree with you, Chris. I remember feeling the same way when we came back from the Craft Brewers Conference in Portland last year. Um, when we returned, everyone that I encountered said to me, oh my goodness, how did you lo- how did you like Portland? Was it amazing? How was the beer? Was it incredible? And it was as though there were these like ultra high expectations that people had of the city of Portland. Um in terms of beer and that my mind would have been blown. And I sort of felt a little, a little inadequate when I, I didn't say that the beer was amazing and it wasn't incredible. And the way I explained it was that everything I had at all of these breweries was really fantastic and delicious, but I think it just takes more, given the beer that we get to drink in Ontario today, it, it takes a little more to make me feel like blown away. And there were fewer of those instances in Portland, just given the all the buildup around going and how amazing the beer would be, there were fewer of those instances that I anticipated there would be. Um, and that the beer was solid just about everywhere we went. And I remember really feeling uh, what really struck me was the, the level of investment in breweries in Portland. It's as though the scene had existed for longer. And as a result, those breweries had made more money and were able to reinvest them in their own breweries. And so everything was a little bit more built up. They had larger capacity. Their finishes were nicer. They had a really elevated experience when you would visit the brewery. But the beer was, it was good and it was great. Uh, but it wasn't, in many cases, it wasn't mind-blowing. Would you say you sort of had the same impression coming back from Florida? Yeah. Now, to be fair, uh, I wasn't actually... I didn't actually go to any breweries in Florida, what? despite despite efforts to set up some interviews. It just didn't happen. And I don't need to point fingers because we all know what happens. But I didn't actually visit any of the local breweries. I did have a lot of other really, really fun experiences. But visiting a local brewery, not one of them. So I wasn't drinking brewery straight beer, but I was drinking some very, very, very cool, very fresh stuff. 
And yeah, I mean, drinking things. I keep going back to the two that kind of top my list, which were Dale's Pale from Oscar Blues and Jailai from Cigar City. They were fantastic, like top level stuff. And then I had uh, one from a brewery out of Florida called J-Dubs, which I kind of just like because it looked like the company got their branding done by like some stoner in grade 12 art class. Uh, It's not to say it was unattractive. It just had a very specific kind of look to it. So I grabbed their IPA and it was really good. I really liked it. And I think I was a little surprised because I thought the can looked a little, I don't want to say amateurish, but a little laissez-faire. I don't know. And it was quite good. But then I had a couple that were just fine. I was like, yep, I like that. Like nothing wrong with that. But I didn't carry any of it home. Like I wasn't like, man, I got to I got to have some more of this because I'm, I'm not going to get it again until the next time I go to Florida. I was like, yeah, that's fine. Moving along. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, a, a similar sort of feel. I was obviously exposed to a bit of a, a wider market than maybe you would have been. Because like you say, Portland's a pretty concentrated area that's had a lot of time and, and energy invested in it. Uh, and I was obviously buying not entirely blind. I knew some of the brands, but mostly blind off the shelf at a, a, a superstore full of <laughs> alcohol. But uh, but yeah, absolutely. I, I didn't have any beers that I was like, no, that's not any good. Everything I had, I was at least like, yep, that's fine. I like that. That was a tasty beer. Enjoyed myself. But there were really not that many that really... Yeah, I went, whoa, that's really good. And even the ones that I did, I wasn't like, man, that's way better than anything I've ever had before. I was like, wow, that's very good. You know what else is very good? (laughs) Thrust. That's pretty good. Uh, You know, like Mm -hmm. I just, yeah, I I didn't feel like, like you said, I didn't feel like I was wowed beyond my experience at any point. And I mean, that's the thing. Especially kind of if you want to say growing up in the industry, if if, you know, you can kind of remember back to the days before we were, you know, well-traveled, well-drank people, you know, everyone lusted after going to the States, going down to Premier Gourmet or drinking at Kohl's or the Blue Monk or whatever, because like, oh, man, you're going to have things, things that you've never had before. It's like. Yeah, no, I've had those. (laughs) I've had them in Ontario and we do a pretty good job. And like I say, not every brewery is going to be knocking it out of the park. But I would say even now, most of the breweries that I spend any amount of time around and drinking their beer are producing beers of equal quality. And and I think that's great. I love this. This is amazing. Now it's just frustrating because you still do so often hear that old moaning oh we're so far behind the states actually do you get it ever with sort of the the geek crowd like in the brewery that that must be very frustrating to you because you guys would be in the crew of who i would consider producing beer of equal quality to the the top guys in the states yeah that's it's nice of you to say um i don't i don't see it i think we don't we don't yet see a ton of tourists at the brewery and when we do i guess we're probably pretty unaware of of that fact uh they they kind of blend in we only have a couple of tours that happen a week every week and i don't know we, we just don't see very many tourists so that's something i need to work on is attracting the, those people to the brewery um 
but I don't hear a lot of that. Like I would say that the vast majority of people who walk through our doors and taste our beer are um, delighted and happy with their experience and enjoy the beer. And you can sort of tell because they, whatever they tasted, they head over to the fridge and grab some bottles to take home with them before they leave. So they're sort of voting, voting with their dollars and you can see that they're enjoying what they had. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't see a ton of that, but Chris, I was wondering for you, do you, you must receive a fair amount of beer samples or have the opportunity to taste a lot of different beers from a lot of new or up and coming or newer Ontario breweries. Mm. Um, do you find that you, perhaps you have these impressions because you sort of, you pick and choose what you drink and you sort of know, know where to go and what to drink because you, you have that experience or sort of that like insider knowledge of the industry and who's making the really great beer and you sort of, do you find yourself going in that direction or would you say it's a truth across the industry? Mm. Well, I think I'm going to stick by my original comment, which is that there are definitely breweries in Ontario that are not producing at the level of the top breweries in the States. And by my claim, the top breweries in Ontario. So yeah, in the wide scale between reps dropping samples off at Castro's that we taste to, you know, consider for sale, uh, samples that get sent to me for review and consideration and, uh, uh, just me drinking. <laughs> yeah, I would have to agree. There are probably, especially in the new places, either beers where the primary focus probably isn't, uh, looking to make the best beer <laughs> in the province, which is unfortunate. Um, and also places that just fall victim to that classic new brewery terror of what do you do when the beer isn't exactly the way you wanted it to be? Well, you release it anyway. So you do run into some of that. Um, but there are definitely places that are new. I mean, Tooth and Nail is a primary example of a brewery that out of the gate is uh, just killing it like absolutely killing it. And so, yeah, I mean, I think the percentages probably still line up. Um, you know, those beers that we talk about, when we're talking about those world-class beers, I mean, in terms of breweries, we're talking about, you know, maybe the top 5%, maybe less. So in the States, that's in the hundreds. In Canada, that's in like the dozens. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and if you look at if 12 new breweries open, how many of them are doing that? Well, maybe one. But uh, but yeah, I, th I, I, think, I think that breweries opening kind of follow the same same path. I think this year we're set up in Ontario because Bim's going to open his place up and that'll be him. And it uh, doesn't really matter. He'll skew the, the statistic in my favor and I just need to find a ringer for 2017. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I answered your question there. Did I answer your question or did I just yeah. dance around it? <laughs> a little bit of both. Uh, um, yeah, I get that. It's in our in each of our roles, it's sort of important to both be a cheerleader for 
Ontario craft beer and and not right because like quality is important um and so you want to hold breweries in Ontario to the highest standard um but I I as a as a general observation I say yes I would agree with your observation that uh that we're not we're no longer five or ten possibly even two years behind where they Mm -hmm. are as a general industry in the U.S. if you set aside the regulatory aspect, which in fairness, like varies state to state. And so if you set that aside and you're just looking at quality of beer, um, styles that are being brewed, are they being brewed to style? Are there interesting things going on in Ontario when it comes to new releases? Um, Are we consistently receiving a high quality beer? Are you consistently like surprised and delighted with what you're having? I'd say that we we are probably on par with what's going on in the US, but it I'd say it's also a vast generalization. Like I don't know that I spend enough time tasting new beers from new breweries in the US. And the rare chance that I, I get to experience US craft beer, there are just so many great ones that I gravitate toward seeking those out, picking them and, and, and drinking them because I, I don't get to taste them very often, right? So it's like you have these preconceived notions and ideas of what's what's good because the data doesn't lie and you, you sort of know that that's what you need to look out for. Mm-hmm. And I find that I spend all my time looking for those and choosing them and drinking them that I'm probably missing a lot of the new stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's probably where a lot of the the variable exists is in the new stuff, right? Like there's probably really great stuff and stuff that's not so great. And I would say the same is probably true in our market. There's stuff that's great and not so great. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Cause we're, we're a growing and evolving industry and we're actually growing pretty rapidly. So as long as the bulk of it or the majority is really good, we'll continue to succeed and we'll continue to grow. Um, but I don't know. I, I just don't know what it, what's new on the scene in the U S unless it's really getting talked about and, it's receiving a claim. Why would I, why would I get it? Because all my time and energy and money is spent looking for the really good stuff that I know is a sure bet and a sure thing. And that's sort of what I was trying to get to with the Ontario piece. It's like, you probably get to, to drink a lot of brand new, like green, fresh stuff, like stuff Mm -hmm. that not everyone gets their hands on. Um, So you would have a different perspective on this than most. Mm Mm-hmm. Is it like, well, it's funny. Um, as an example, I received uh, a six pack of uh, beers from Mill Street. It's their spring sampler pack. And actually, I will say I've only had two of the three. It's a, it's a six pack, two, 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 uh, two of the three. Uh, I had the IPA, which, to be fair, when I drank it, I went, oh, tastes kind of like somebody tried to make Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. it's made apparently mostly with cascade hop so totally makes sense like that's what sierra nevada pale ale is i wasn't like by any standards blown away but i was like oh okay that's not bad i I can live with that um and then there i just had while i was watching actually empire strikes back with ben um they have one called the don valley bench which is a wheat beer belgian style wheat beer i think uh, that they aged in some type of wine barrel. And it was for some Chardonnay festival or something like that. 
but I was really expecting because barreling beers is not an easy feat. Um, I was thinking, ah, oh, you know, this could be really, you know, it might not have nearly enough barrel or it might be like hit you in the face with oak. And I was like, oh, no, that's that's not bad. That's better than a lot of badly done barreled beers I've had. So those would be like new middling beers. They weren't great, but they weren't they certainly weren't bad. I, I'm, I'm not going to pour out the other two of them. I was like, oh, yeah, those are those are fine. Um, so like you say, I mean, drinking something effectively blind and actually, let's be honest, because we can all be honest here, guys, drinking something with some pretty negative preconceived notions and being kind of pleasantly surprised. Oh, yeah, OK, that's not so bad. Similarly, in Florida, as I noted, I knew Dale's was going to be knockout. I was 99% sure Agile I was going to be a knockout. Everything else that I bought was completely unknown. I bought um, a Terrapin, Terrapin Mosaic, which was really nice. Uh, certainly not, you know, going to knock down anything in Ontario, but it was it was a good beer. Um, the the J-Dubs, I thought, was, was nice. Everything else was just fine, but I didn't hit one beer blind that I was like, wow, that's top quality, <laughs> right? Like, eh, they were all fine. Some of them were from notable, respectable breweries. And I was just like, yeah, that's, yeah, it's good beer. No big deal. <laughs> like, so, so totally. I mean, I think I probably get the same experience here in Ontario. Now, as you note, where do I actually invest my energy? In buying Bone Shaker every time I can, because <laughs> I think it's fantastic. <laughs> Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I, I feel, feel comfortable with, with the comparison. Um, the one thing I will say is that we definitely still get a lot of contributions, uh, from brewing in the States. So for instance, going back to the video that I've got going, uh, with, with Rudy from Community Beer Works, uh, a lot of what he talks about is how they're pushing late hopping versus the old school way of making new school IPAs. Um, so if you think back to sort of the, the IPAs that kind of broke everybody's faces, which were 60, 90 and 120 minute from Dogfish head, the whole point of that beer was from the minute the boil started, they were adding hops. They made a thing that just gently shook hops into the kettle the whole time the boil was going. So you had hops that had all the alphas completely isomerized right in and, and as saturated with hop oil as you can get right through to the leafy ones at the end that just added aroma and no bitterness. And that for a long time was the model. And certainly that was how a lot of uh, IPAs that, that have a lot of traction in, in Ontario, uh, maybe weren't made with that level of con continuous hopping, but that idea of ongoing near constant, uh, hop additions was something that Ontario brewers tried. Rudy was talking about was moving to, you know, high, high, high percentage late hop to entirely late hop. So he actually talks about a beer what the, that's an IPA, which has no boil hop additions. They're all added in the whirlpool, which is kind of crazy if you know about making beer. What's amazing is 
he said, oh, yeah, it's an idea we took from this other brewer and blah, 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 blah. But right now, there are breweries in Ontario also doing that. So I don't know if it's the, the connection in the industry or just that ideas spread quicker through the web or social media or what the deal is. But what used to take us a couple of years to capitalize on now is something that our brewers are just doing right out of the gate. So this is maybe not cutting edge in historical terms. It's not like this is a style of brewing that's just been pioneered in the past few months. It's a couple of years in now. But you can point to a couple of IPAs in the city. And once you know what you're looking for, you realize these are IPAs that are made either almost exclusively with late hops or only with late hops and still carry the bitterness. This is the thing that we've done. We've, I was going to say figured it out or we've adapted to it uh, as quickly. And in fact, much quicker than a lot of breweries in the States. Tons and tons of breweries in the States are still hesitant to do it because it's such an expenditure on hops. Um, and, and they're not convinced that, you know, that the, it's, you know, safe. What if you screw up and you lose them all? Or is it really of value? And uh, already we have breweries in Ontario and in Toronto who are doing it and doing it really, really well. So uh, this is all to say, friends of the Toronto Beer Podcast, if we hear you say Ontario is lagging behind the U.S. by any number of years, we're going to sick Wrigley on you, and he's going to slobber all over you until you stop, because we are right there, guys. We are right there with the U.S. Agreed? Yeah, I agree 100%. And you're willing to let me sick Wrigley on anybody who naysays us? Oh, yeah. And he constantly has wet ears and a wet face. And usually there's gross dirt stuck to his ears and his face because it's yeah. so wet. Yeah, because he's and a scent he, hound. He has to drag all that on the ground. He's just going to get you filthy. And then he's going to kiss you to death. Yep. Horrific, horrifically wonderful death. Of death wet by stinky love. kissing. Yes, exactly. Does he have the hound obsession with really nasty, stinky stuff? Like rolling in it and finding it and... Yeah, and eating it. No, nasty <laughs> smells all over him. Oh, he eats everything. Yep. Screws, mm -hmm. elastics, paper clips, plastic, paper. What um, about dead stuff? Like moldy things, things covered in maggots, excrement. He hasn't really... No, he hasn't really had the opportunity to find that. He does eat cat poop, so yeah, gross, smelly things. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he's he's pretty pretty stinky, but he's not into our our old dog Spice. She used to like to roll in things that she found that were smelly, so she could get it all over her. Uh, but Wrigley's happiest when he's had a fresh bath and he smells like flowers. So that makes yeah. me quite happy. He just likes to eat nasty things. Yeah, terrible. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, what do we got coming up now? It's It's been a while. Spring is sprung. We got to have some events coming down the pipe. Yeah, I don't know. I'm looking forward to, uh, obviously, the baseball season returning. We're not far off of that. We've actually mm. had uh, all the preseason preseason games and spring training stuff playing on the TVs in the tap room. So to me, it, it kind of feels like summer already, um, which is beautiful. At lunch, you can sit down at the bar and eat your lunch and watch a baseball game, drink beer. So that's as good as summer as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty nice. So we're looking forward to that and just in planning mode for all of the summer 
summer events, but I don't have anything too major in the short term. What do you, what about you? I have nothing, nothing beer related anyway, which, uh, aside from making more beer myself, uh, I'm, uh, I, yeah, nothing at all. There's, there must be events coming up. I, uh, I've been getting really good at ignoring, not ignoring emails, but being very cutthroat with what I kind of let through my, my dome of mental security. And, uh, yeah, events have not been high on the list of things getting through that, uh, nearly impenetrable defense. So I don't know. Uh, since say OCB week's coming up, but that's in June, I think. Yeah, not even close. <laughs> not even close. Only Cafe has got to have a Spring Craft Beer Festival coming up. I think that's normally in April sometime. Yeah, I'm sure. So I'm, coming I'm sure they will somewhere around there. Um, for us, too, there are a lot of uh, a lot of spots around town that have been around for a long time that are interestingly converting their draft lineup to to craft. So mm, I don't know. Like the Grover, we... right out of the gate. The first place I think of is the Grover, my my geographic local, really. Yeah, they've been and they they've done that now for for quite some time. They've they've been in the craft game for a while now, and they're really upping their game when it comes to like mm-hmm. seasonals and one offs and bringing in really interesting and high quality stuff. Yep. Um, but there are a lot of places you wouldn't really expect. So who knows? Maybe that'll make an interesting topic for a future podcast. Uh, just looking at that trend in Toronto, because I'm seeing it day in and day out, and it's really actually keeping us quite busy. Um, but just looking at some of the bigger chains or more established uh, beer places around town that were heavily uh, macro and are, are really starting to um, tune into what's going on in craft and, and switching over a lot of their taps. So it, it's really interesting, and it's keeping us pretty busy. Well, it's fantastic. Yeah. Um... I think somebody really ought to do like an Easter weekend beer festival. <laughs> well, I think there's a, I may be wrong, but I feel like there's an edition of the Brewer's Backyard that happens oh, on Easter yeah, weekend. Oh, normally is. Yeah, yeah. yeah they yeah. normally no, do a holiday you know what? weekend. There 100% is. It's happening on the Good Friday um, at the, the Brickworks. Oh, is it the Brickworks? That's good. Yeah. Well, that's nice. Good Friday's out for me, but... Uh... <laughs> But if you are in the area, Brewer's Backyard is always a really nice event. And the anyone who's been to the Brickworks knows it's a great space. So you can go check that one out. Are you guys pouring at it? Do you know what the theme is? Or I, I won't be pouring at that one. We're, we're talking to, to Cass at the festival to get into a future uh, Brewer's Backyard. But we won't, be, we won't be in attendance at the Good Friday event. So I don't know who the brewers are. I'm not sure if it's been announced. But it's we're not there. But I will likely personally attend so nice and you guys planning another uh buffalo bus trip i am yeah the details will be coming soon on that one we're in planning stages on it right now but it's likely to take place in june cool and are you just still doing just one or are you gonna bite the bullet and expand the selection uh in terms of dates or yeah yeah we i've been hassling you last year that you should have added another date yeah, I don't. I won't be adding a date, but I'll almost certainly be adding a bus or two. Oh, okay. So big, big do. Yeah, yeah. It should be a lot of fun. Sweet, sweet action. Well, I think that's it. I think that's good. We're we're like surprisingly under time right now, which is yeah, great. I think it's good. Yeah, we'll keep this one short for you kids listening at home. Don't stay up late, or if you do, do something else. Drink some beer. 
go crack open a fresh, delicious Ontario-made beer and know that you are drinking a world-class product, maybe, and enjoy it because it's really, really, really good. Let's uh, do this in two weeks. Two weeks, two weeks. yeah. It will be well clear. I might be in tax mode. I don't normally file until the last minute. So oh, dear. I might be typing away furiously while we're talking, asking asking you to put Mark on. Hey, could you put Mark <laughs> on for a minute? I need to know. Um, yeah. Just for those I of you who don't to, know, Mark's I would love account. to charge out at his rate. I'm sure. Holy moly. <laughs> It's been a long time since he's had a, a decent charge out rate, so let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there you have it. If you need beer or tax advice, Leftfield Brewery in uh, <laughs> Wagstaff Drive in, in Leslieville. And uh, yeah, we will talk to you all in about two weeks. Thanks for listening.